You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Ask Drone You news show. Coming up this week, we've got a lot to talk about as the United States further dives down the rabbit hole of dividing the Chinese and American drone industry. What will happen? We're not quite sure. In addition, it looks like a baseball game might have been slightly delayed because of a drone flying within a TFR, which ignited a firestorm on social media and has many people asking, how do we even know if there is a TFR? So we're going to get into all of this. In addition, we're going to get deep dive into some security concerns that just came up. And we're going to talk about how drone pilots are being hired at an even more accelerating rate as businesses are learning to work in remote environments. All of that and more today. Joining me, as always, is the Flying Dutchman. Hiya. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, Paul. How's it going? Doing great. Doing great. Life is good. I'm going to go hit a drone job right after this. And that has me really excited. Awesome. So let's get into this first piece of news. Talking about drone jobs, Haya, as you know, for me and for many people dealing with COVID, it's a great escape to get away from the house, get outside and take flight. And actually, we have seen an astronomical uptick in the drone U members being hired and even our own flight crew as well. As businesses realize the powerful effects of drone modeling. And while drone modeling is one of the more complex deliverables from drone mapping or photogrammetry, it offers a suite of deliverables that can help businesses navigate remote spaces, help set design in film and production. In addition, it helps construction teams sequentially send out one team after the other while they can remotely visualize the workplace, the environment, take measurements, add annotations, and leave messages for other workers, all in a 3D digital environment. Haya, this is really exciting because from baseball stadiums to construction, film and production, to transportation, and even historical preservation, all the way from resorts to wedding and event centers. The uptick is so big, it's really worth noting. Which also, shameless plug, uh, DroneU has revamped and restarted our virtual classes. And if you wanna learn how to produce and edit point clouds to create these 3D models that are lifelike and allow teams to work in remote areas, well then, don't miss our drone mapping boot camp. It is actually tagged in this particular article at the bottom of the page, so make sure to say that. Now, Haya, in our next piece of news really fast, we wanna make sure as so many employers are reaching out to us to hire these drone pilots, that we're providing a way to vet drone pilots. And now, if someone is a DroneU member, we have a super vetting essential formula that we use to better understand what type of projects these drone pilots are very proficient at, 
whether it's creative, technical, or specific vertical within a technical framework. We can know what drone pilots, well, can solve what problems and what environments very well. But this doesn't help employers who are looking to dip their toes into the drone industry. And one question we get all the time is, how do I know if I'm actually hiring a knowledgeable drone pilot? How do I know if they're going to be safe, if they're going to limit liability for my company and not be a threat to the success of my business? Well, we launched a new article kind of explaining what to look for, but also included a quiz that, well, employers can use to vet drone pilots. And Haya, I have to say, there's one particular question here. How can a drone pilot ensure truly safe flight? And surprisingly, only 26% of respondents knew how to ensure a truly safe flight. And Haya, I have to say, that is truly shocking. Yeah, I would agree with you, Paul. Wow. Well, thank you for that succinct response and getting into your first piece of news. <laughs> um, it looks like Haya that there might be some confusion on who is allowed to fly where because of the coronavirus and kind of a, how should we say, interruption in traditional FAA workflow. Hyatt, what do you have? Yeah, there are two stories, Paul, here uh, going on. Both of them have to do with stadiums. And we'll start with the first one that's about disinfecting stadiums. So we're talking about stadiums for sporting events, but also for concerts, like large public spaces, basically. We've seen a number of companies, one in Chicago, one upstate New York, one in Florida. And now here is another one uh, called Arvika Aerial Tech. They're based out of Texas. And they are ready to use a agricultural drone, one of those big ones with uh, nozzles and spray systems systems to be able to spray and disinfect the cotton ball stadium in fair park in dallas texas and we already know that spraying with a drone you can you can clean and cover much much larger areas than you can do manually uh, with a spray tank on your back and, uh, and a handheld nozzle the thing is that for these companies to be allowed to operate this way and to spray stadiums they need approval from the fea and apparently that's still 90 days out so even though all these companies are showcasing their technology and how they're able to use these drones to disinfect stadiums, so far they've been using water in these demonstrations, whereas uh, to actually do the cleaning and the disinfecting, this company wants to use our water, which is some kind of disinfectant, but they're waiting for approval in order to go ahead and clean stadiums this way. We've seen multiple companies kind of pivot and, and change during this coronavirus pandemic. This is one way. I mean, these drones are meant to spray agricultural um, areas rather than stadiums, but if if you convert them, they can be used, of course, in this uh, way as well. So we're not quite sure when this is going to take off for real. I think it's a smart step to be able to uh, clean larger areas with drones this way so that at least people at some point hopefully can uh, go back to concerts and uh, yeah, also see sporting events. So again, this one is Cotton Bowl Stadium in uh, Dallas, Texas. Now, talking about stadiums, there is uh, quite a bit more going on. This has nothing to do with disinfecting drones, but a more ordinary DJI Mavic Pro that was recently seen flying over a Major League Baseball game between the Twins and the Pirates in Minneapolis. 
And this drone uh, in the news was reported as a illegal drone flight. Well, as you um, already mentioned earlier, there was a massive discussion online about whether this drone flight in fact was illegal. Now, of course, some of the basic rules apply. I mean, the drone must have been flown within line of sight, must have been below 400 feet and not flying over people, just to name a few, in order for this flight to be legal. However, there's also a rule that prohibits any drone flights an hour from the start of a sporting event until an hour after the sporting event in a, I think it's a three mile radius around the stadium. And typically the FEA would issue a TFR to notify people um, or pilots and drone operators as well of such restrictions being in place. Now, the question here is whether that actually was in place. However, what we found and what we've learned is that no matter if a TFR officially was in place, the FEA still has the last say in this. And I would imagine that they probably would stick to their guns and hold on to their rules saying that you can't fly a drone legally over sporting events. Now, of course, in the times of Corona, that stadium was empty. I mean, there were only um, some empires and, of course, the baseball players themselves. So it wasn't like a fully packed stadium to begin with, which you can argue makes makes a huge difference. Um, we don't know if the FDA is going to take that into consideration as well in this case. We have heard that both the uh, Major League Baseball League uh, as well as local police are investigating. We have not heard if the FEA is going to get involved in this case as well. So that remains to be seen. I'm not sure anyone cares enough from the FAA to send anyone out. And there was a large social discussion online. Arguments ranging from, well, TFRs say that they're automatically populated an hour before a game and an hour after any baseball game, right? But a 30,000-seat capacity does innately suggest that the seats are available. And because the seats are not available, it makes you question capacity. There were other arguments, too. One argument, actually, that I, uh, you and I had found was the 91145 that TFRs are supposed to be posted 30 days prior to an event. And, you know, the whole idea behind this argument about whether this flight was legal or not is raising a much larger point, which is how in the world does the FAA expect drone pilots to know about these TFRs? Because there are two different kinds of TFRs, and this was never brought up on Facebook. There are TFRs under 91145, and there are TFRs under 97.7. And there are exemptions to both TFRs in specific cases. Now, that being said, when you go to the website, the tfr.fa.gov, you can't find a TFR for any baseball game that's going on right now. And some people say, well, this is a blanket TFR, thus it applies whenever there is a game. But it brings up a much more macro argument, Haya, which is as commercial pilots, we typically have a higher level of knowledge and experience in aviation. And if people like us are having extreme difficulty in deciphering whether the TFR was legitimate or not, not gaining clarity from the FAA, and just listening to opinions from people online, it really makes you wonder how effective is this NOTAM system, which as you found in an article dated in 2018, the NTSB chairman Robert Sumwalt noted that the U.S. is messed up. And what he said is that these NOTAMs 
are <laughs> I, uh, hold on let me read the uh, let me read the headline here NTSB chairman calls Notum's garbage and essentially what had happened in this particular case is that a crew flying an A320 landed on a crowded taxiway and the crew mistook the taxiway as their cleared runway 28R because 28 Lima was closed and the pilots failed to catch that little alphabetical note in 27 pages of notums for SFO that particular day. And Haya, you, you asked the question, right? I mean, like, if, if, I mean, if pilots who are flying Airbus A320s are having mm-hmm. difficulty going through this, what type of opportunity do drone pilots or even recreational pilots have to get this information in a clear way that says, look, guys, you can't fly here? Totally agree. I mean, I think uh, the fact that we had such a lively discussion on Facebook yesterday kind of indicates and and really proves already how hard it is even for educated and and experienced drone operators to understand these rules, to know where to find the rules, to know uh, which TFRs are in place, which ones apply. Yeah, the fact that such a large discussion takes place with so many people participating, I think is already evidence that it's too complicated and it's too hard to find out. I mean, if the rules were crystal clear and easy and and straightforward, you wouldn't have these kinds of discussions and it would be much easier for for even you and me to find out uh, what the real rules are and what was in uh, in place at that point in time. Also, for the NTSB chairman to call this whole NODEM system a pile of garbage, I think speaks volumes as well. I mean, they're all about safety. The FEA is supposed to be all about safety. And I think to have clear black and white type rules that are easy to find and easy to understand for a layman, for amateur drone pilots, just for, for the general public, I think will be a huge step forward in improving air safety. Could not agree more, Haya, because at what point do you start asking if the workflows and rules from the FAA are just so complex that they're actually creating an unsafe environment, which is an argument that I've heard by recent aviation lawyers, at least aviation lawyers that understand the importance of being able to argue both sides objectively and deeply. Now, that brings us up to our next piece of drone news, Haya, which it seems like this app security flaws they continue to exacerbate they continue to showcase new flaws or showcase things that we may have not known before but before you get into that piece of news Haya I do just want to tell everyone drone you did put out an article on how to fly all Chinese drones without security risk whatsoever it's not rocket science at all uh, in fact I'm very disappointed that a lot of our Uh, men and women in the administration really have not risen above this red pill, blue pill argument just to say, hey, if there is no internet, there's no transmission of data, and then there is no problem. So that being said, Haya, this next piece of news, what's going on with these security discoveries? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think as most people, at least within our audience, will know, so DJI has been kind of on the fire since 2017 when it comes to data security. Now, earlier this year, when Parrot launched our new Anafi USA drone, Parrot made it a integral part of their marketing campaign to question and to wonder and say, hey, people, do you trust Chinese-made drones? Do you even trust DJI drones? So Parrot has been really focused on this. And what happened uh, late last month on July 23rd, There was an article in the New York Times where they referenced 
security researchers, French companies that have worked with DJI competitors who basically took apart the DJI Go 4 app and said, hey, there's all these flaws, there's all these ways you can abuse this uh, app system and get sensitive data from drone pilots. And what happened is that about a week later, another report from Synactiv, which is a French security research firm that we feel most likely has worked with Parrot. I've asked them and I've asked Parrot. Uh, they haven't confirmed or denied anything. And I think their their silence uh, pretty much says enough. But Synactiv came out with a second report and now they investigated the DJI Pilot app. And without going into all these uh, the specifications or the, the particulars of the flaws that they found, they basically found the same issues as they say are in place with the DJI Go 4 app. And it's important because the DJI uh, Pilot Pilot app is for enterprise and commercial users. So it's uh, we're talking about the DJI Matrice, the Phantom 4, Mavic Pro, and the Mavic 2 Enterprise drones that you can control with this app. Now, the funny thing is that this second report that came out, I mean, Synactiv is a, is a smaller French research uh, firm. They just had a post on their blog, which I doubt anybody would have noticed. But the funny thing is that Parrot's PR company in the U.S., forwarded this information to news outlets like DroneXL. So we were informed about this report coming out by Parrots, written up by Synactiv, which I think kind of uh, proves our point already that Parrots uh, seemingly has something to do with these reports coming out. Now, of course, DJI uh, responded and said, hey, uh, the Synactiv's reports, uh, they include inaccuracies and misleading statements. And they basically downplay the security issues and the concerns that were uh, brought forward. Again, you can read their entire article uh, on DroneXL if you want to get into the details of this. Now, why is this important? It's important because in the background, what's happening is within the U.S. government, more lawmakers and uh, some of the agencies are getting more concerned with these data security issues, not just uh, when it comes to DJI, but also to other apps such as TikTok and WeChat, uh, both of which are Chinese made apps as well. And last weekend, Trump even went as far as saying, hey, we're going to ban TikTok, which he later backpedaled a little bit and said, okay, we'll give TikTok until September 15th to find a U.S. company that will buy the app so that they then can uh, continue in business. Microsoft apparently is in talks with TikTok to see if they can come to a deal. However, today there was another announcement made saying that the U.S. is going to purge untrusted Chinese apps from U.S. networks. And in this article from Reuters, DJI wasn't mentioned, uh, but what was said is that a lot of the apps, such as WeChat, such as TikTok, are basically um, forced to be cleaned up and if not banned from US networks. Now, of course, there are a lot more Chinese apps that are available in the uh, Apple App Store as well as the Android uh, or the Google Play Store. Some of them are made by DJI, as we all know, or by Hotel um, as well. DJI has a whole slew of apps. I mean, not just the DJI Go 4 app, the DJI Pilot app, but you also have the Go app, the, the app for the Mimo. They have a whole range of apps to work with their different hardware products. And yeah, it seems like uh, DJI is going to have a big cleanup coming up to basically clean up all these apps and make sure that they work and that they work within the requirements that are going to be defined as part of this uh, clean network program that was announced uh, late yesterday. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, DJI was already under fire with this new program. I think there's going to be even more emphasis on, on DJI and cleaning up their apps. So we'll keep an eye on this and see what the latest developments are. But DJI for sure is facing a pretty stiff headwind, it seems right now. 
headwind is a is is definitely a, a a term. I'm not even sure if that's a term that really showcases the scope of what's going on, but it's definitely interesting uh, to see what is going to happen, Haya. Very interesting indeed. Uh, in our next piece of drone news, though, it looks like drones are being used more and more to find people who are, well, quite troublesome to society. Haya, what's going on in Mexico? Yeah, in Mexico, they captured a guy by the name of Jose Antonio Yepes. Yepes, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably mess it up. Uh, he's also uh, called El Maro. And he's been, uh, he, he's a big time drug boss, drug dealer, uh, or trafficker, really. And he's been captured with the help of two fully manned Cougar helicopters and hundreds of soldiers, as well as drones. Apparently, this guy said that he would never sleep in the same house twice. So he moved around and authorities were monitoring four different houses where he was hiding. And they used drones to do the monitoring for them. And they finally were able to catch him in a raid. Uh, they arrested six men, three women including Elmaro, so they got, the, they got the big bad guy, and they collected a whole range of weapons, grenade launcher, $6,000 in cash, which doesn't really seem that much, to be honest, for a uh, successful drug trafficker. And they also found a 52-year-old kidnapped woman who was rescued. So it must have been quite an exciting uh, raid. And uh, yeah, I don't know, good to know that drones were involved and were able to help uh, apprehend this, uh, this drug trafficker. Yeah, I mean, definitely cool to see that drones are being used to really help out society. And I think, honestly, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. There's a lot really going on here, Haya. But in our last piece of news, it looks like drones as a platform, or at least the argument that drones are a platform, is being proven once again as AI is helping photographers, well, remove waste from their images. What's going on here? Yeah, from the images and also from the real beach. This takes us to Japan where they fly drones and they photograph the beach. So they fly 600 feet stretches of beach, about 60 feet elevation. And then once they collect these photos, they run the photos through AI and AI is able to identify different pieces of plastic and other debris on the beach, such as styrofoam, uh, fishing buoys, plastic bottles, driftwood and the like. We've already seen similar technology being used in Australia. Uh, in Australia, they patrol the beaches looking for sharks to keep surfers and, uh, and beachgoers and swimmers safe. And we know that over there, they're able to distinguish between dolphins, uh, different types of sharks, uh, rays, swimmers, surfers, bodyboarders. So AI is already able to make those kind of distinctions. That was in Australia. This takes us to Japan, where they're using similar technology in combination with drones to identify uh, garbage and plastic waste on the beaches. Of course, once you know where the garbage and what kind of garbage we're dealing with. We can figure out what the best ways to clean it up, whether some of this garbage might be recyclable or whatnot. So it makes the whole cleanup effort a lot more efficient and probably quite a bit faster as well, I would imagine. So thumbs up to those guys. Uh, I mean, we love to learn about how drones being used for good and how they can help and benefit our society. And I think this is, uh, it's far from home uh, all the way in Japan, but I think it's a smart solution and I hope we're gonna see more of this in the future. I hope so too, Haya. Well, thank you again for joining me on another edition of the Ask Drone You news show. You do such a good job at really, you know, bringing depth and bringing a lot to the table. And Haya, I know a lot of people appreciate it, as do I, and I have a lot of fun with you. So thank you. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Same here.
Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us today, everyone. If you do enjoy these shows, if you find them useful, entertaining, or informative, please don't be afraid to share the show, smash that subscribe button, or just post a link to the show randomly on the internet. That's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul. His name is The Flying Dutchman, and this is The New Show. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.